and welcome to this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And each Sunday evening we get together for three hours. We talk about the news of the week, often the events of our sometimes bizarre lives. We do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. And as always, it is my pleasure to welcome Leah Brandon to the program, especially this particular weekend for a couple different reasons. How are you, Leah? I'm doing very well tonight, John. Thank you. Well, the reason I I mention that is because uh, we've been doing this program now for almost a year. Wow. I don't know if it seems that long to you or not. (laughs) Hopefully not that long to you. But um, I do the show from just outside of Los Angeles. Leah does it from Alabama because we wanted Mm -hmm. the biggest disparity in culture possible to do a nationwide radio show. We are now, as we speak, literally for the first time, we're now... On 21, technically, 21 different radio stations, depending on how you count them. I'm counting it as 20. Uh, <laughs> but we're in 20 different radio markets. And tonight, we're adding several right there in Leah Brandon's backyard. Uh, literally, I'm so happy. Literally and figuratively, we are now on in uh, Birmingham on uh, your home station, WERC, right, mm-hmm. where, you, where you do the news, as well as in uh, Tuscaloosa, where you're also heard. Yes. And uh, we're also on in Columbus, Georgia. Yes. And uh, we're also Gadsden. on Gadsden. Gadsden, right. Gadsden as well. So we're now, we are in full roll tide country. Um, although I'm <laughs> we sure certainly are. I'm, I'm sure there's a little bit of Auburn sprinkled in there, but um, we, you know of, it. we often <laughs> during this time of the year begin each program talking a little bit about college football. Uh, but now we have an even better excuse to do that because your favorite football team is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yes, And, they are. Uh, of course, uh, they won uh, over Arkansas yesterday and <laughs> up here. <laughs> what, 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 was, what was that That was fact? tough. That first half was tough. It really was. It, it made me sick to my stomach, but... Well, you know, the second half was a whole lot better. <laughs> I, Leah, it's so amazing to me since we worked together in Los Angeles at KFI where you didn't care at all about at sports. All. And, and now you're such a Roll Tide fan, Crimson Tide fan, you can't even watch most of the games. You get so nervous. It's uh, true. That's bizarre to me. That is as bizarre as it gets based upon what I remember of our uh, our, our show on KFI uh, about seven, eight, nine, ten years ago um, here in Los Angeles. But, um, look, I, I, I fully appreciate the culture there in Alabama where they care about guns, Jesus, and college football. This That's time right. of year, not necessarily in that order, especially when the Crimson Tide are rolling, as they are now. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk uh, in you know intermittently, I'm sure, especially when warranted, uh, we will talk college football and obviously uh, keep our eye on the Alabama Crimson Tide. But we're really thrilled to be on those stations uh, in Alabama where, you know, it's basically part of what is left of the uh, real United States of America, as far as I'm we're, concerned. We're pretty much it. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, Alabama's it. It's shrinking fast. Parts of Texas, you know, maybe, you know, South Carolina, maybe, uh, a little bit of Georgia. There, there's pockets everywhere. You know, every once in a while, you still find them, but uh, they're shrinking fast. They're certainly nowhere near where I am. <laughs> that's for sure. California. Now, now, now by wow. the way, speaking of uh, college football and speaking of sports in general, I we are so packed on tonight's program that I could do at least eight hours, I won't, uh, on the, the news of the week, which is what we focus on. Uh, but I could also easily do three hours on sports stories of just the last few hours. Um, and one of them involves college football, although not really. 
And, and that is that the uh, USC football coach, University of Southern California right here uh, in Los Angeles, where I, I'm broadcast north of Los Angeles, Steve Sarkeesian has taken a leave of absence Why? Out, out of nowhere because he showed up, apparently either showed up drunk oh. and unable to coach or never showed up at all for practice. There are reports he was drunk at Thursday night's game. It was widely reported he had been drunk so badly at a preseason event that he could not give a speech to boosters and students and and uh, his team and what have you. Uh, he, he clearly, How many millions is that guy making? He can't straighten up? Well, that's the thing. That's, there's so many elements of this story that I find utterly absurd. But number one is you just nailed it. Here's one of the top ten college coaching jobs in the world, right? You bet. Uh, th- there are thousands of highly qualified football coaches who would easily give one, maybe two testicles for <laughs> this guy's job. Yes. And and it's his dream job because he used to coach at USC, and here he is blowing it over alcohol. Mm. And what what I'm also amazed by is he's not been fired. Now maybe he will be fired. But what do you have to do to get fired? This is apparently at least three separate episodes, including a game where he is drunk. And, and, and by the way, we're not dealing with pro football players here. These are college kids. And okay, hold on a minute. How, what's their season like? Well, they're not playing very well. They've lost a couple of games, so they're, I don't even think they're in the top 25 anymore. So oh, he'll be fired then. Well, you know, this this is the same AD, Pat Hayden, who you, you, the Alabama fans will remember well, was the guy who fired uh, Lane Kiffin when he yeah. got off the plane after a big loss. Yeah. Uh, never even let him go back to, to, the, to the university, to campus. Um, you know, and of course, but Lane Kiffin was never drunk. He just acted like he was drunk at times, <laughs> or at least coached like he was drunk at times. He but, straightened up when he came to us. It's well, okay. <laughs> but, but it is astonishing to me. What you can get away with if if you have the right excuse. And I guess being an alcoholic is the right excuse. And I know there are people out there listening right now. But, John, you don't know because you're not an alcoholic. Um, no, I'm not. And I feel badly if you have to deal with that. But guess what? Um, when you know you have a problem and you sober up, which obviously you do at some point, you don't drink again. Especially when you're the head football coach at USC. Especially not the night of a game. All right? And if you do, I'm sorry. You have to take responsibility for that. And I just do not buy this notion, which is pervasive way beyond the notion of alcoholism. It's it's pervading our entire culture that somehow there's an excuse for everything. He's uh, a victim. Yeah, there, it's actually it's a victimhood culture. You know, I, I don't drink hardly at all. I don't do any drugs. I, I don't break laws, at least not most of them, you know, unless there's a good reason. I mean, I yet I have been fired more times than I can count. And I guarantee you, Leah, if I had been an alcoholic or a drug addict, I probably wouldn't have been fired some of those times. Some of the times well, at least then you'd have an excuse for your bad behavior. Right, right. You well, had bad behavior without an excuse. <laughs> see, to me, 
I guess that's it. I, you you got to find, especially as a white male, you need yes. you need some excuse. You need some layer of protection for screwing right. up. And somehow, right. somehow alcoholism is one of those excuses, which I just, I do not understand. I, I do not get it. Granted, I don't suffer from this quote-unquote disease. I don't personally believe it qualifies as a disease. That's a different argument for a different day. But here we have USC. This is the other, this is the last thing I'll say on this. This is This shows you just how insane the world is. So Steve Sarkeesian is still the coach at USC despite this. O.J. Simpson's uniform is still in the end zone at the L.A. Coliseum. And, that makes me sick. And in their Hall of Trophies, right? Sick. Sick. <laughs> After killing two people. And Reggie Bush, who did nothing except use his celebrity to get some poor sap to buy a house, not even a very good one, for his parents. He doesn't exist. He's he's wiped from the face of the planet, Reggie Bush. But but not OJ, and, and so far not Star- Steve Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian. It's unbelievable. It's, we are living in such an upside-down world. It's amazing. Um, by the way, speaking of which, there's another upside-down world situation involving sports and Los Angeles, uh, which I'll get to when we come back. And I want to. I want also want uh, Leah to tell uh, our new listeners in Alabama what to expect from the program. So we got a ton of stuff to get to. We'll do it all when we return on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Zicklin. My co-host is Leah Brandon. We are broadcasting nationwide to 20 stations across the country. You can check out all of them and uh, listen online via our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting. That's freespeechbroadcasting.com, as we've added a bunch of stations in Alabama, uh, where Leah Brad- Brandon broadcasts from each and every Sunday. I broadcast from just north of Los Angeles. And, uh, Leah, I mentioned there's a bunch of sports stories that are not really sports stories. I mean, when we talk sports, we generally try to use sports as a, a window into the soul of our society, which I think yeah. is often uh, very appropriate to do. And you probably haven't heard of this story because it just happened. Um, but it involves the Los Angeles Dodgers and the New York Mets. And since we're on in New York and Los Angeles, and because I – I have a, I think, uh, um, I, well, I know it's a strong take, and I think it's a take that's different than most people are going to have on this story. I want to at least mention it. The, the Dodgers and the Mets are playing in the Major League Baseball playoffs, which used to be a big deal back when baseball was America's pastime and <laughs> been long usurped by football, uh, and for good reasons. I was a huge baseball fan when I was a kid and don't really care very much now. But something happened uh, the other night, I, uh, I think it was, was it last night or two nights ago? I forget. But uh, Chase Utley, a Dodger player, mm-hmm. slid into second base. And he slid hard into the shortstop of the New York Mets. Utley plays for the Dodgers. And the shortstop got injured because of it. Now, it was a borderline dirty play, but baseball players are taught in order to break up a play at second base 
to go in spikes high, and that used that used to be something you got applauded for. When I was a kid, you got applauded if you took out the for short taking st- out a player for, for taking out the shortstop. <laughs> if you made it impossible for him to make the throw to first base or to to make the play at second, that was good job, kid. Way to go. I mean, I'm, I'm not. This is not hyperbole. It's not exaggeration. This isn't. This isn't. You know, we we went to school uphill in the snow both directions. You know that kind of business. This is real. Um, yeah. And so, but so that's basically what happens. But because the shortstop for the Mets broke his leg or fractured his leg, it's been a huge deal. Now, if he doesn't break his leg, I don't think anyone gives a rat's ass about this. This is just no. just a normal play. Oh, that was you know that was rough. Is it appropriate? Isn't it okay? Interesting debate, but let's move on. But because he fractures his leg, the baseball commissioner just announced a couple hours ago. Utley is suspended for games three and four of the playoffs. Get now, out. Now, what is astonishing, and I think there's a number. I'm not sure that he slid in there going, I'm going to break his leg. Well, like, that's it. You know who believes that? The commissioner's office. <laughs> the, the commissioner's office of Major League Baseball actually put out a statement saying, we do not believe that Chase Utley's intent was to injure the shortstop. However, well, why is he suspended? <laughs> well, the, the most bizarre part of the whole thing is the guy who made the decision, Joe Torrey, has worked for both the Mets and the Dodgers in his career. And in fact, was the manager of the Dodgers just a few years ago. And he says... I don't believe Utley had the intent, but we feel as if this was against the rule and there needs to be discipline. Now, let's let's make something clear. This is a sport where routinely during the regular season, a pitcher will take a ball and yes. throw it 95 miles an hour <laughs> purposely at the body of an opposing player and, and sometimes do this multiple times and there will be no suspension his intent will be to throw a projectile at 90 to 95 miles an hour at a human being and not only does he get thrown in jail there's no suspension but now because the guy breaks his leg and you know i don't and maybe because he's hispanic too i don't know maybe maybe his political correctness gotten so absurd that we have to take a look at how many points of political correctness there are wait a minute um this is a white male has injured a hispanic shortstop um oh this is at least a two game suspension i mean i is this where we are it's a, it's insane I, I, i've never understood in any Realm, whether it's in legalities or in sports or in schools, punishment, why people get punished based upon the outcome of an action rather than on what they actually did and the intent. Right? They've already said no intent. The action was borderline at worst, but because the outcome resulted in a fractured leg and he's a key player, suspension for two games of the playoffs, of the playoffs, which is – which is like a 20-game suspension in the regular season. Uh, You're saying that they're biased towards the Mets because I, they have been so horrendous, and uh, here's a chance for well, them. I did well. It's funny that Joe Torre makes the decision, and he's, as I mentioned, has worked in previously. He's also, by the way, most well known for being a Yankee manager. So he's got New York and Los Angeles ties all over the place. But now Utley is appealing the suspension. Good. So I'll be curious to see what happens, but. One of the many things we focus on on this show is the wussification of America. And uh, to me, this is the wussification of America. I'm sorry the guy got injured. Nobody's happy the guy got injured. But guess what? 
Then is literally the breaks of the game. At least it used to be. Before it's we baseball. Became, it's baseball. Before we became wussy nation. That, I mean, that, that's really what we are. United States of America, wussy nation, where everything must be fixed, even if it's not fixable. Oh, just, all right. Well, we're just getting started, folks. When we come back, I do want Leah to talk a little bit about what this show is about, if you haven't already gotten a taste of it. And uh, we'll <laughs> do that when we come back on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And each and every Sunday we get together for three hours. We talk about the news of the week, the events of our lives. We do so in an entertaining, informative, and, yes, unique fashion. And I want to take a moment before we get into the hard news of the week, of which there is a lot to discuss, and we'll get to as much as we can over the next two and a half hours. I want to give especially our new listeners, especially those on our new stations in the Alabama and Georgia area that we're adding tonight, a little bit of a sense of what the program's all about. Of course, you, you might have already gotten a sense in the first <laughs> two segments uh, that I can get a little agitated. Um, and yeah. I, I've often referred to the program as my weekly therapy session. Uh, because I've got a lot of frustration to get rid of, and it builds up over the week, and then Sunday night it all flows out, hopefully for your entertainment and maybe your edification. But I, I will acknowledge that those first two segments were probably – I, I don't know if I went to an 11. I, 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 don't, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. These go to 11. Yeah, I don't know if, if – I, I don't know if I went to 11, but I was at, certainly at a 9. I mean, there's no question. Boy, that escalated quickly. But um, – <laughs> But I am curious, Leah, because I, yeah. I have, a, I think, a different way of describing the show for people who have never heard it before than, than you might. So I wanted to give you the first shot, especially since you're living there in Alabama where we have uh, presumably some new listeners. So why don't you describe what the, the John and Leah show is for people who have never heard us before? Okay, well, first of all, you know, we do always want to remind everyone it's a show like no other on Sunday night because we are, first of all, we're live. Right. Okay, this is not a recorded show. That's number one. Uh, number two, we are possibly the most un-PC show anywhere on the air. True. Because Zig is the CEO, therefore he can't be fired. That's true. So, That's a big part of it. Yes. Our, our business model is we don't care about losing money, and um, <laughs> and it's very difficult for us them to get rid of us, and I can't be fired because I'm the CEO of the corporation. So, therefore, I have more free speech than anybody not famous uh, you know, for, during these three hours, that, uh, at least on the radio at this time. That's for, right. That's for sure. Right. So we don't say, you know, undocumented workers, uh, which is a, a, a definite no-no in Alabama. We know that they're illegal aliens. Uh, we will say radical Muslim extremists, terrorists, things like that. Um, and we do talk about the news of the week. We'll talk about, I mean, anything from entertainment to politics. But really, especially this time of year, uh, we always talk about football. <laughs> okay, 
So, look. Well, you really want, you want to really drive that home. I wonder why you want to drive that home to the Alabama-Georgia crowd. Okay. That right there is a big reason to tune in. And you never know when Zig and I might get into a knockdown drag out on the air. Because it has happened one night in particular. It's not like we agree on everything, which you find a lot in shows, you know, with two people. I would say that with regard to our agreement, disagreement, I, I would say we agree in general. I mean, not, not, mm-hmm. not certainly not 100 percent on on every issue, but I would say that on 90 percent of the issues, we're in the same ballpark. And then the other 10 percent, right. we uh, <laughs> are like a married couple uh, screaming and yelling at each other, hopefully right. with le- only less annoying. Uh, that's that's my hope anyway. Um, so you you would agree with that ratio breakdown? I I would. I yeah, it's probably eighty percent. All right, maybe eighty twenty. Eighty twenty. Right. See, I was even I, much like a married wrong man. Again, I, see, much like a married man, I was even wrong on that. See, I as a married man now for a little over five years, I've I am fully aware how dumb I really am. It, it took, completely changed my entire perspective on everything. Before I was married. I thought I was fairly smart. I even I even won most, uh, you know, I don't know what the percentage was, but it was a majority of the discussion slash debates with my wife. And then once we got married, I became an imbecile. And yeah. I, I lost, I have not won one discussion or debate uh, in the five plus years I've been married. And I don't think it has anything to do necessarily with being married, right? I mean, that wouldn't make any sense. It must be me because uh, I've now trained You've myself. changed so much. Right. I've changed my, you know, I've changed and I've trained, I've been trained to realize that I am inherently at fault. Uh, it is a knee jerk reaction. It is, you know, very much like a liberal a PC person, although I'm not that way in, in my, on, on the, on the show. See, on the show, I'm still allowed to have, uh, at least some balls uh, in my real life uh, as a as a married man i am fully aware Nothing. that the knee-jerk reaction uh, of uh, surrendering and acknowledging that i am at fault uh, is always 100 percent accurate even when well, it doesn't feel like it even when it doesn't feel like actually it doesn't work that well leah <laughs> it's just it's just the least damaging of a lot of bad options all right now the way i would describe the show is similar um and, and not as technical. I, I'm, I'm thinking about it more esoterically. Um, you know, basically, what I would say is, you've heard me talk before about why it is that uh, graduation speeches, you know, valedictorians and you know, commencement address speakers, are always so bad, uh, almost always so bad. And the reason is because the only people that get chosen are people who have lived a certain kind of life. Uh, they're usually very successful. And therefore, they're safe because they have something to protect. They have a reputation to protect. They have resources, to, you know, money to protect. They want to continue to be part of the cool people crowd or the in yes. crowd. And so inevitably, what they say is crap because they've lived an existence that's not real. They actually think that if, you know, they were lucky enough to be successful, that it can happen to anybody else. And they're living in a bubble. They don't understand the real world. And so it's very rare you know, even on radio, because, you know, most of the big radio talk show hosts, your Rush Limbaugh's, your Sean Hannity's, you know, the, that ilk, they're all very rich, very successful. They've had amazing lives, but yes. they're, they're in a bubble. They're in a bubble. They're not living a real life existence at all. I am because I'm a failure. I, <laughs> I am a f- complete failure in the eyes of society. Um, and I am not in a bubble. I am so not in a bubble <laughs> that my finger is on the direct pulse of the way the world really is, not the way I would like it to be. And what I mean by the real world, I'm talking about in all areas of life. See, I've had a unique 
existence where True. even though I'm a failure, I have failed at incredibly high levels. <laughs> So, see, most people fail. At, it's really true. No, no, I have. Most people fail at low level, and so they never get a sense of what the highest level is really all about. Me, when I bomb, I bomb big, <laughs> and I bomb at the very highest level. So, you know, I have bombed, uh, you know, on the View with Barbara <laughs> Walters shaking finger in my chest. I've bombed on the Today Show multiple times with Matt Lauer. I, I have. Bombed, uh, you know, in in the biggest possible media settings. I've dealt with all these bastards. I've been <laughs> screwed by all these bastards. I know them all very well. I know the way the game works, and I happen to have a Sunday night show. <laughs> and you can't be fired. And I can't be fired. <laughs> and I got 20 stations. It. So this is the only place where you can actually hear not some sort of crazy, insane. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, this is the real truth." No, this is where you get insane stuff. No, no, no. This is nothing insane here. This is the real world truth that you won't hear anywhere else because no one else has an incentive to tell it to you. Because right. our incentives are totally different. We're, we're, we are not trying to – we have nothing to lose, got nothing to protect. We, we know the way this game works as well or better than anybody. And my track record uh, in predicting stuff is rather extraordinary, uh, as I think Leah Brandon would be the first to attest. As a matter of fact, I don't even know if you're aware of this. 24 hours before Kevin McCarthy bailed out, I tweeted and, and put on Facebook, Kevin McCarthy is not going to be the next Speaker of the House. And this was at a time where all the radio talk show hosts were telling you, Kevin McCarthy's at lock to be the next Speaker of the House. Well, I was right about that. And that's not unusual. It's, I, I call it the reverse Dick Morris effect. If, if, <laughs> the, the reverse, Dick Morris is wrong about absolutely everything. He I, is. I'm not right about everything, but if I feel strongly about it, you can pretty much take now, it to the bank. If you had tweeted out that McCarthy was going to drop out, uh, I would have been more impressed. Because, look, I didn't think there was any way McCarthy was going to be the speaker because he was never going to get the support for the votes. So now wait a minute. You're downgrading my prediction I'm downgrading. because I, I didn't am. because I didn't say specifically he yes. will drop out tomorrow. Yes. When I'm even, downgrading. When even by the way, John Boehner had no idea he was going to drop out the next day. Well, no, but we did know that McCarthy didn't have the votes. That's you I, know what? Paul I, Ryan doesn't I, have the I, votes. Yeah, you're you're see here. You, this is where you and I are going to dis. You know what? Let's take a break and then because <laughs> you and I are going to dis. You are buying into a lot of. Right wing, Breitbart bullcrap. No, I'm not. No, uh, I'm not. Yes, you are. They, McCarthy <laughs> had the votes, and Ryan, if he wants it, has the votes too. When mm -hmm. we come back, we'll get into that on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. That's freespeechbroadcasting.com. Check uh, Leah and I out on uh, Twitter, where we're very active. I'm more active than she is, but she has more of a life than I do. 
And uh, we usually take a look at the news of the week much sooner than we have during this particular uh, program where we've uh, been basically outlining a bunch of other things in the first three segments. But clearly the biggest political story of the week involved the uh, the apparently never-ending search for a new Speaker of the House, uh, which took a big turn this week, uh, surprising some, not to me. Uh, Leah Brandon, uh, tell us what happened there. Okay, well, to hear the mainstream media tell it, the Republicans in Washington are in total chaos and could lose the next election simply because the man expected to breeze his way into Speaker of the House position, Kevin McCarthy, dropped out. Now, there is a rumor going around that he is having an affair with a fellow congresswoman. This is just a rumor, uh, but some are speculating that could be part of the reason why he dropped out. He announced he was dropping out, and abruptly, John Boehner completely stopped the election. Now, coming out of that meeting, McCarthy was asked if his misstatement about the Benghazi committee helping to send Hillary, Hillary's poll numbers down was a reason that he felt that he may have lost support. Well, that wasn't helpful. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I could have said it much better. But this... Benghazi committee was only created for one purpose, to find the truth on behalf of the families for the four dead Americans. I should not be a distraction from that. Now, some others who are interested include uh, California's Daryl Issa, Jason Chaffetz, Daniel Webster, and even though Paul Ryan has previously said he's not interested, there is a lot of pressure on him to run. All right, uh, let's go through all of this. Uh, first of all, let's deal with this rumor thing first. Uh, now, uh, we have, a, 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 I guess, a, a saying, or at least I have a saying on this program, that uh, almost uh, every story, if you if you go within uh, six degrees of separation, will have a John Ziegler connection. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> usually it's less than six degrees, although this one probably is six degrees. Uh, so the rumor mm-hmm. was started by Chuck Johnson. Chuck Johnson was a guest on this show and is kind of a friend of mine uh, back when he got kicked off of Twitter. I don't know if you remember that, but we interviewed Chuck Johnson. Maybe you you might not have been there that night. I think you might have been. I do not remember this interview. I think you were off that night. I think so. Chuck Johnson uh, was kicked off Twitter for I don't even remember what it was, but some PC bullcrap reason. And uh, he runs a news website and he is absolutely the origin of this rumor. Now, I asked I asked him if he would come on the program tonight, and he said he's not doing interviews yet. He's a bit overwhelmed. Now, that doesn't make see there's there's no scenario with regard to this rumor that makes sense to me. And I think you would agree, Leah. I'm really good at parsing the tea leaves and coming up with a scenario that makes sense with all the known evidence. If if this rumor was true, Chuck Johnson would be doing interviews everywhere that he could. In my opinion, because I think I think I know Chuck. He and I are similar, although he's he's probably more extreme than even I am, which is really saying something. <laughs> um, but you know, but Chuck and I are, are clearly we're from the same cloth. We're cut from the same cloth. He's just a little different color than I am, and you know he's right a lot, but not always. And the, so that's the first thing that doesn't make sense. The second thing that doesn't make sense if this was true. Uh-huh. I don't believe he could possibly have been the presumptive Speaker of the House because everybody would know about it. Right. So, and so so I guess here's the thing with this rumor. 
It's the weirdest rumor I've ever heard. Not in that it's weird that he's having or had an affair with a, a fellow Republican congresswoman. That's not weird at all. What's weird is usually these things get tamped totally down or they blow up so big that we know they're true and this one is somewhere in the middle right <laughs> right i mean yes and and it, and clearly the timing of his withdrawal was very consistent with the notion that there might have been something else causing this correct now well, the reason i predicted that that he would not be the speaker of the house had to do with two things the Benghazi thing to me was a complete deal breaker. And yep. and I respect McCarthy for dropping out just as he just said there because he's a distraction. See, nobody nobody is worth that I don't care how good a speaker you might have been, you're not worth that kind of a distraction especially when it's going to play that big of a role potentially right. in a presidential race. All right? So Correct. so immediately you're dead to me. You are dead mm-hmm. to me. I don't care how good a guy you are. You are dead as soon as you did that. And by the way, let's be clear. If he said the exact same thing as a Democrat when, when, and everything else was reversed. Let's say this is a Republican investigation. There would have been no harm, no foul. All right? No, not at all. I mean, that, it's complete double standard media bias. But that's, It wouldn't even be played right. on the mainstream. We wouldn't even know it happened. I agree with you. But those are the rules. So you've got to play by the rules as they are, as unfair as they are. If you're not willing to do what it takes to change the rules, you got to live by them. And he didn't live by them. He screwed up. He's gone. The second reason was because I've been in touch with our good friend Congressman John Yarmouth from Louisville, who's a Democrat, who um, has an interesting idea about who he wants to nominate as speaker. He wants to nominate somebody who's not a member of the House, which is constitutionally perfectly legal um and so he and i have been discussing that and in the course well i i'm not gonna john yarmouth congressman yarmouth can decide that for himself Uh. he asked for my suggestion and my my suggestion didn't go very far um although my suggestion was a tremendous suggestion uh because the purpose was to find somebody that the Democratic caucus could vote for that might pick off a few Republican votes. That was the whole purpose. Now, there's no no way this was ever going to work to get a new speaker, but it, I think he wanted to prove a, a philosophical point, although, again, he can speak for himself. Uh, and I suggested to him, if you want to do this, the first thing you need is a celebrity so that the news media will, you know, give it some traction, right? And that's all the news media cares about is celebrity. So, so I told him Mark Cuban was your guy. Because Mark Cuban is a guy that wouldn't offend anybody in the Democratic caucus, but a couple of people on the Republican side might go, actually, he's sensible on economic issues, and he's a, you know, a heck of a negotiator on Shark Tank, and the news media would love it, so that would accomplish most of those goals. But that's not going to happen. <laughs> anyway, so the point of this is, um, during the course of these conversations, John told me a couple of things that made me go, wait a minute. There's no way McCarthy is going to be able to to get this done, and he's going to realize it. And I didn't say he would drop out, but it was a tweet, 140 characters. So I don't know what else, what else, how else it was going to happen other than him dropping out. Uh, but that's what in fact occurred. So, um, so that's that's McCarthy, and I respect him for dropping out. Now, as far as where they go from here, this is where it gets interesting. Now, a few weeks ago, you berated me, Leah, because I told you that that people like you were going to regret the death of John Boehner, because even though Boehner was hardly perfect, he was the best we could get for that situation. Yes, he is. And this is proving it. 
This is proven. You don't get rid of somebody who's good at what they do unless you have a better alternative ready to go. And obviously, that's not the case. There was no better alternative, regardless of whether this rumor was true about McCarthy or not. As it turned out, McCarthy wasn't it. If Ryan doesn't take it, and you know the, the boys at Breitbart who are making Andrew Breitbart, my old buddy, roll over in his grave, are doing their best with the help of Matt Drudge to torpedo uh, Ryan on, on immigration grounds. If Ryan doesn't take it, then this whole situation is going to end up way worse than when John Boehner was speaker. Because at least Boehner knew how to make the trains work, and he knew what he was doing, and he was a conservative. So in exchange for Boehner, you're going to find somebody who doesn't know what they're doing in a very difficult situation who's probably not as conservative as Boehner. So good luck with that, Leah. How is Boehner conservative? Look at his record. Look at his voting record. His voting record? Let's see. He's like the eighth Uh, most conservative guy in Congress. Okay. He had no problems uh, with the nuclear deal. He gave Obama the TPA. He gave, he, he has not done one thing. There's a difference between your philosophical beliefs and knowing what you can get done with a slim majority with, with, with two different factions that agree on very little when you have a president who has a, does, when you do not have a veto proof majority and a president who's a socialist and has 95% of the media industrial complex on his side. He John Boehner's run the place like a fiefdom. Yeah. He has punished his own members. They have no input. And he right. held off the election just like John right. Boehner we'll, we'll, does. Right, we'll, fin- we'll continue with this in the next hour of the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. 